I just don't get it. I have to like scream. It's not for you to get is the thing. I'll fix it. Don't worry. Through the magic of editing, Gavin. It's going to take me like, you know. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MLS Now podcast. I'm your host, Russell. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Danger Russ. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MLS Now Podcast. And you can find our lovely co-host, Gavin, at Lions Blog One on social media. Gavin, I have something to ask you. Ask away, my friend. Gavin, why do you hate cooking? Right off the bat. Didn't even right ask how I am. Just, uh, Gavin, oh. I, I know how you are. You had to cook tonight, which means you had a terrible time because Gavin hates cooking. This is a little known behind the scenes fact here. I had a phone call with Gavin because I thought to myself, I don't talk to Gavin often enough. We, you know, have a podcast together and that's inadequate for the amount of time that I would like to talk to Gavin on a regular basis. So I called Gavin today and he was complaining to me, singing a song of woe and misery about having to cook. And I, I was blown away that there was someone who did not enjoy the process of cooking. I, I did not realize that this was someone so close to me. Gavin, what do you have Can't to say stand for yourself? It. And I know you love to cook. So here's the thing. I cooked, this is going to sound super simple. Tonight I had ground chicken in spaghetti sauce with spaghetti noodles. And I made garlic bread with uh, broiled Parmesan cheese on top. Okay. That was the meal. That's what we had for dinner tonight. Spaghetti chicken, ground chicken in the spaghetti and garlic bread, garlic cheese bread. It took me so long. Took me like, I started when I got back from the pet store, which is around seven. I started around seven. No, (laughs) bought the chicken yesterday at target seven. I got home at seven. I did not start dinner until 7.50. I did not start eating until 7.50. That's 50 minutes. Oh, it took so long. And it was just, oh. And so then we ate. And Mariah had just got, my fiance had just gotten home. And so then we had dinner and we were chatting and we were talking and yada, yada, dee, da, 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 da. And all of a sudden it's 8.10 and I have to clean the kitchen. That took another 30 minutes to do because it was multiple pans. We had dishes in the sink from yesterday. Not a lot, just a little bit. I had to empty out the dishwasher and put things away. It just, oh, I just can't stand the process. And you have to do it every day. That is why. It takes so long. It takes so long. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an amazing cook. I make meh meals. They're good enough but i'm no uh chef or anything like that so that is why that is why i'm trying to work out in my mind how it took you 50 minutes to cook pasta okay so i started i i probably didn't do everything in the right order but i started with the bread i cut the bread and then i 
put butter on each of the, we had, had six pieces of bread, put butter. And then I put garlic. Then I put some black pepper and then I put the cheese and then I set the bread aside and the water was just starting to boil. And so I snapped the spaghetti and put it in there and then I started cooking the chicken. So I probably could have started cooking the chicken a little earlier. And then I did, and then everything I just let sit and I started kind of cleaning up a bit. And then I put the sauce in with the chicken and then I put the spaghetti in with the sauce and then I put the bread in the oven like a minute before. So I had to wait for the bread. So that's why. Didn't cut any vegetables. None of it. It just took me that long. It just takes me so long. So then there was probably like five minutes where I was done and my fiance just walked through the door. So let's say it took me 45 minutes to cook. Listeners, if any of you are professional chefs and would like to give Gavin a cooking class on how to cook pasta in less than 45 minutes, remember you can find us on social media at MLS Now Podcast or you can directly message Gavin at Lions Blog One. Hey, pasta with chicken. I cooked chicken in a a pan. Yeah. In a pan. Gavin, if you cook chicken for 45 minutes, I can tell you why you don't enjoy cooking. No, I I cooked it for a normal amount of time. Dinner was it was pretty good. It was fine. It was pasta. It was spaghetti. A staple meal, my life. So. Why do you like cooking? Cooking's great. It's an experience. It's a joy. It's a craft. It's an art. It's work. Gavin, if you don't take pride in what you do, how can you enjoy anything in life? I do take pride in what I do. Eating is about Just the experience. It's about the memories that you create, creating the food, eating the food with those around you, enjoying just a, a moment in time of something you may never again enjoy. I like when I pay people to cook for me. Really, There's good nothing else with that me. either. I love that. You could have both, Gavin. You could have both. No, I just pay people to give me ingredients for me to work to cook for myself. Whatever. Whatever. You're describing what? a meal kit. So if you're HelloFresh and you would like to sponsor this podcast. No, we stopped using HelloFresh. You can contact Gavin at Lions Blog One. We used HelloFresh for like a year and a half, um, but it's just getting too expensive. I guess there goes our ad potential. <laughs> if you're someone who's not HelloFresh and you would like. All right, um, Gavin. I'm ready to move on. And Let's I do love it. I love that you talk about being able to have both. Or maybe I talked about being able to have both. Because here's the thing, Gavin. I want to talk about a big story today, and that is which is the more desirable trophy to win? Is it the supporter shield or is it MLS Cup? There's been some discussion about this. Pat Noonan notably was interviewed today and made the rounds on social media. Cincinnati clutched the Supporters' Shield, and Noonan was on an interview saying, well, you know, I think Supporters' Shield is the more important trophy for me than MLS Cup because it's harder to do. It's definitely harder to do. I think that's probably right, right? Like, internally to the clubs, the best trophy is the Supporters' Shield. But it's not. 
by most metrics. Because let's think about it, right? MLS Cup gets you a star over your badge. When people talk about success in MLS, no one ever says, oh, this club won the Supporters' Shield the most number of times. They say LA Galaxy has won MLS Cup five times and has five stars over their badge. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the hard part about all of this is, and that's where I was going, so I completely agree with you. Internally, the club's Supporters' Shield. Externally, the way you are viewed as a club the biggest trophy to win in MLS is MLS Cup. It, it, that's just the the way it is for American supporter culture. It's the way it is for MLS culture that they've built. MLS Cup is the biggest trophy that you can win. I personally agree with Pat Noonan that the harder trophy to win is the Supporter Shield. And it is the bigger trophy for me. But I was raised on the premier league type culture where the team who won the most number of points over the course of the season is the best team in the league. So for me, supporter shield trumps MLS cup for showing who the best team is, but the biggest trophy in MLS is MLS cup. It's a, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah. And I I guess, which makes me wonder, is there anything that we could do to increase the relevance in people's minds of the supporter shield. Because I think for MLS Cup, you can visually see and recognize a star over the badge. There's nothing for supporter shield. It doesn't feel like a major award because you have a direct comparison against something that is forever emblazoned around the crest of a team. I wonder if the supporter shield winners shouldn't have like a badge or something on the side. I don't know. That's a good point. Or like even just in the way MLS has storylines, it's last night when watching the RSL versus LAFC game, the commentary was saying RSL are winning away at the champions, at the MLS Cup champions. They're winning away at their ground. Well, technically LAFC won the Supporters Shield last year too. So bad example. I think on the next year. On the tiebreaker, it should have been Philly. But next year, are people going to say, oh, they won away at the champions FC Cincinnati, the 2023 um, Supporter Shield champions, FC Cincinnati? Probably no, not. not let's say Cincinnati don't win MLS Cup, then no, they're going to reference to whoever wins MLS Cup. So. Stuff like that can help build the the Supporters' Shield aura, if you will. But other than that, people don't take it seriously. I agree. And I don't know if in the American sports culture ever will be taken as seriously in the same way. Because in fairness, every other sport in the U.S. is centered around going to a playoff format and winning that. That was my other thought. Like, su- Super Bowl, no one cares who finishes first. Super Bowl. NFL. I should have said NFL. Right. And, uh, you know what I meant. NFL, I no, one cares, no one cares who finishes first in the league season. Now, they don't play everybody, so it's a little different. We don't play everybody either, technically, so it's a little different, I guess. But, but you especially don't play everyone in MLS Cup. 
No, no. Because an Eastern team would only ever play one Western team, and that's in a final. Yep. Yeah, I just, I feel like it's, it it shows who the best team is, the Supporter Shield. Excellent. All right. Well, I just wanted to, to, you know, comb your brain a little bit on that one. Congrats, by the way. Congratulations on winning. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. I did it all, obviously. Yes. It's a huge, huge accomplishment for your team. We'll see. If they can win out the rest of the way, they still have a chance to set a regular season points record as well. That'd be insane. Do you, um, did you celebrate? Were you like, did you celebrate as if you won a league title? I will celebrate when I go on Wednesday to that match. Are they doing a little show with the, with the yeah, shield? They, they say they're going to do the presentation ceremony there. Perfect. Okay. Do, would you celebrate an MLS Cup more equally? I'm, I, I doubt you'd say less, so I'm not even going to throw it out there. I don't know. I'll let you know if we celebrate that. Okay. That'd be a good question for an LAFC fan. Which did yeah. you celebrate more? Although, with the manner of their win. Right. With the circumstance oh. around it, I think they yeah. would celebrate the Cup more. Yeah. But... Neither of us are LAFC fans, so we cannot speak for that fan base. This is true. Shall we get into the matches? I suppose we shall. We shall, we shall. And Gavin, I would like to give you an option. Would you like to start slow and end fast, or would you like to start fast and end slow? Start slow. Start slow? Okay. Gavin, we have a number of 0-0 draws to talk about. (laughs) oh i didn't mean that (laughs) i didn't mean that well it's what you said you said we're gonna start slow and so we're gonna start with houston versus dallas a zero zero draw for the ages cementing fun fact austin is i think the copa texas winner by these teams drawing it's the only thing that team's gonna win this season (laughs) yeah that's i mean it Oof. It's so weird because, I mean, again, it's you have Houston at home. That's their wheelhouse. They're supposed to be super good at home, like unbelievably good. It's unusual in my mind to see a 0-0 draw, especially against a rival with, you know, the interstate little cup going on. I was surprised if I'm being honest. I was surprised too. I mean, they dominated the match, all things considered. And they were rotated, considering they just won U.S. Open Cup midweek. Congratulations to Houston for that. We did talk a little bit about that on our Thursday preview episode that never existed because of some audio issues. The audio issues were horrific. There was nothing I could do. We did congratulate Houston. We just never posted that we congratulated Houston. So congrats to Houston there. Yeah, Houston dominated this match. They probably should have won the game, uh, but they just struggled to finish. And Dallas didn't really show up. So I think that's just a byproduct of the the Open Cup in the midweek and coming back and trying to get back into the MLS end of season grind. 
Yeah. I mean, and to your point, a rotated draw at home is still a perfectly fine result for Houston. Every point is going to count this late. It keeps them close. They're still only two off of second place at the point in time. And Dallas will take the point because it gets them just a little bit further away from the guys chasing them from 10, 11, and 12. It's going to be a very, very narrow finish. This one point could make a big difference for Dallas. I, I think, honestly, it, it a draw could, helps yeah. Dallas more than the draw yeah. helps Houston. Yeah. Uh, Houston will be pretty disappointed with this match, though. I mean, 17 shots to Dallas's four. Like like when I say they dominate they dominated the match. 62% possession to Dallas's 38. That's all I really have to say. They need to get their shooting boots back on, but also we can give them some grace after uh winning away US Open Cup. Right. And in fairness, Houston are likely mostly secure in the playoffs. Only St. Louis has clinched a playoff spot for the record. Houston's yeah Houston is probably mostly secured at this point stay healthy yeah how many uh, well let's see how many home games do they have left they have one home game left against Colorado oh that's likely gonna be a win likely gonna be a win and 47 points almost certainly yeah they have a way to Montreal which midweek you never know and then they finish the season off away to Portland, which will be a difficult match, especially if they drop points in both of those games. So that could be a decider. All right. Well, let's go over to our other slow start for this episode, Gavin. We're going to go to Nashville 0, Seattle 0. It's another thrilling scoreless draw. Thrilling. Yes. Thrilling. Nashville drawing. Who would have thought? I'm glad I didn't pick this for my game of the week. That's fair. Or one of my two previews, I should say. That's the other thing. We didn't. I didn't pick this match. I thought about picking this match, but I didn't. Oh, and I'm glad you didn't, Gavin. Did you see much of this match at all? I will admit, Gavin, I did not see much of this match. Partly because I was watching Cincinnati, and then partly when I flipped over to MLS 360, this match just didn't really come up all that often. Yeah, this just gave me the vibe of two teams who wanted to transition on one another. And neither team was doing it. Like, neither team was giving the other team the opportunity and space to transition. And lo and behold, we finished with a 0-0. Seattle ended up being a little bit more aggressive, but I wouldn't say that they deserved to win the game or they were the dominant team. It was just... A meh match from what I saw. I didn't see the whole game. But from I have what a I very saw. interesting statistic for you. Okay. Let's hear Gavin, it. do you know who has the fewest goals conceded in the East? Well, since we're talking about Nashville, I'm going to assume Nashville. Correct. Do you know how many? Fewest goals conceded. Um, I'm going to say something absurdly low, like 18. You got one of the digits right. It's 28. Okay. 28 goals conceded across the season. They are Is conceding. that absurdly low too? No other team in the league has Whoa. below 30. 30. Okay. So yeah. Do you want to know who has the fewest goals conceded in the West? 
Seattle. <laughs> That's a good stat. That's a good stat. Yeah. And okay. do you want to guess how many goals Seattle has conceded? 29. 31. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. So um, I did want to ask you about this. I'm glad that you brought this up. I know we talk about like firing coaches a lot and right. usually it's because like they're doing bad. Are you going to ask me if Gary should be fired from Nashville? Not fired, but mutually part ways. I understand. They just under Gary, they've been a playoff team that can't put it all together and rise to the top three in the conference. Right? I don't think they've finished that high in the past few years. Or am I losing my mind? They finished fifth in 2022 in the West. In 2021, they finished third. Okay. 2020, that was a weird year. And then 2019, they weren't in the league. So they finished third their first year, or their second year. First full year. I don't know. They just... I feel like they have potential to be one of the best in the league and they're just not putting it all together. And it's been multiple years under Gary and this, they're about to have really one of their worst years under him. I don't think, I don't think he should be fired. I I don't think Gary is the one to take them to the next level though. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like there's an upgrade opportunity. He got them to the finals of leagues cup. And I I think maybe to the point Gary is good at coaching tournament style soccer where you want to bunker and you want to make it hard for the other team and you want to grind out a result because that's what tournaments are. You want to transition. You want to force them to feel pressured to play a certain way to get a result because you know someone has to win and you know Nashville's style is going to put the onus on you to break them down. In the regular season where you can get a draw, it's a lot easier to not play into Nashville's system. And I think I think that's that's kind of the double-edged sword, right? You can be a team that does okay in tournaments and does consistent runs, but if you're never exciting to watch and if you're never making big moves in the regular season and you're never considered to be a dynasty or powerhouse team, are you as fans satisfied with that? I think with, and I'm, we're starting slow because we're going long at this topic, but that's a really good point. I think it conceptually, it could work in a tournament. It did work in League's Cup. That's a good point to bring up. You got to the final. But for some reason, I just can't see it working in MLS Cup playoffs. Like, I don't know why. I just can't conceptualize that Nashville, who have really put themselves in a tough spot, they currently sit seventh, are going to be away for most of the playoffs and get themselves into the final and then be away for the final and win it. I I can't see that happening. They might, I could see them getting through the first round because they have the playmakers to do that and the, the defensive stability to hold off any 
goals. Like they're going to be a tough team to play against. No one's going to want to play them, but it may very well be Orlando for the record. Yes, it very well may be Orlando, which they have a good record against us. We actually play on Wednesday. So that'll be a good teaser if it does turn out to be a playoff game, but Perea has another tournament coach though. Yeah, but he's, he's got a bad record. He's won us open cup. He has one. He's, he's won twice. Yeah, but Gary has never won U.S. Open Cup. Didn't Gary win, or did he win MLS Cup? Didn't Gary win MLS Cup with somebody or U.S. Open Cup? Um, I don't know. Check it out. Gary, uh, he's not won it with Nashville. I know that. Yeah, I think he won with a prior MLS team. I could be talking completely out of my butt here. He won MLS Cup with. Colorado. That's what it was. That's what as I was a thinking. As coach. As a coach. Crazy. That's and, insane. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought I remembered hearing that. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, long story short, I'm not fully convinced that Gary can bring trophies to Nashville. Well, apparently he has, though. He's brought a U.S. Open Cup to Colorado. No, no, no. He brought MLS Cup to Colorado. Oh, I thought you said U.S. Open Cup to Colorado. Oh, I thought it was the Open Cup, but it was the MLS Cup. Well, now which one is it? It's MLS Cup. I looked it up. Okay. Okay. Way too long on that. I'm sorry. But that's just... I don't know. That was what was going through my head as I watched this game. Shall I move us on then? Yes. I'll shut up. Let's move on. We're going to stick with the slow just for a little bit. We're going to go to some 1-1 draws, Gavin. We're going to kick it off with Miami 1, New York City FC 1. Controversial. Seven minutes of added time. Many saying they're not quite sure what for because one goal, minimal stoppages, no injuries. Seven minutes added. Miami scores their equalizer in the fifth minute of stoppage. Is it scripting, Gavin? There was no there was no messy for this, so I, I don't know. Can you say there was scripting? Um, it's funny you say this because this is going to be a topic I was going to bring up for a different game this weekend. But I did see the end of this one. The end of this game was anything but slow. Miami get the goal in the extended stoppage time which there were some questions about my take on it. MLS refs have been instructed or guided or um, nudged given the green light to in close games, increase the amount of time added on. It's not just Miami. It's not just Miami. Happens to lots of different teams. Close game, home teams pushing for a comeback or for a winner. And all of a sudden you see a a six or an eight come up on the board. And you're like, yes, we have more time than I expected. Because you didn't deserve that time at all. This has been something that I've thought for a while with MLS. That end of games are always... So chaotic. How many times have you seen refs not call blatant fouls 
by the team chasing the game. How many times have you seen it? I'm sure you can picture a time when there's been a blatant foul, just someone shoved somebody, pushed somebody over, and it's the 89th minute, and the ref just doesn't call it. And it's just like, why did they do that? Oh, because the home team's chasing the game. Now, how many times have you seen six, seven, eight minutes on the clock? Yeah, it it happens too often for it not to be something that the referees have been instructed or guided or nudged to do. Miami take advantage. They get the goal. They almost get the winner with that crazy shot off the crossbar. He should have scored it. That would have been an insane highlight reel. Uh, But long story short, seven minutes was too long. I agree with you. I was just like that monologue. Well, Gavin, not this monologue. It was one monologue ago that was too long. Hmm. Everyone's already turned off the podcast unless they're a Nashville fan and they're they're still with us. So thank yeah. you, Nashville fans. Because they're they're hate listening. Right. At this point. They're hate listening, being like, talk about Gary again. <laughs> do it. Do it. I want you to do it. <laughs> it's cathartic. Yeah, on that's the all York, on the New York side of the ball, if I recall correctly. Nick Cushing actually said something to this effect. Or was it another coach? I didn't see it. Someone this week, I think, said, you know, and I thought it was Nick Cushing who said it, but said something to the effect of, you know, we walked in on a red carpet, but it wasn't us who the red carpet was for. That's a good quote. Whoever said that. Yeah, I I really want to believe it was Nick Cushing who said it because I I think it was for in response to the Miami equalizer. But no matter, I see that you're there busy typing, looking it up. So, Gavin, I'm I'm just going to to insensitively move us on to another match Uh, while you go ahead and look that up. We're going to go to an actually exciting match. Columbus won Philadelphia won. It is another one one draw. (laughs) Remember, Gavin, you did this. You asked for it. So I did. Yeah. Very, very interesting match. This one, because, again, you have a home team that is pushing, pushing, pushing. In this case, the goal comes from Cucho much earlier. It's not a stoppage time goal, but again, it's. You get these away teams, a really good away team, mind you. Philadelphia's an excellent team. Columbus is another excellent team. The fact that this ended 1-1 honestly still shocks me because Columbus, one of the highest scoring teams. Philadelphia, very dynamic team. No PK for Gosdog either. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, this was, it was enjoyable to watch. I don't, I don't have anything specific in here really to talk about. Cucho's still a really good player, still a top five striker in the league i'd say oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. definitely definitely one of the best you're still looking for that quote aren't you no i couldn't find it i stopped looking no yeah kuja's definitely top five in the league uh one of the best he is in many ways columbus's attack what do you make of their chances this year I mean, I think Columbus will be a good team in the playoffs. I think, annoyingly, the East has probably some very good teams all 
in the playoffs this year. There's not a, I mean, there are favorites by the standings, but there are so many teams that have an argument for being the team that makes it to MLS Cup. I mean, Columbus, one of the highest scoring attacks in the league, 62 goals right now, Atlanta behind them on 61, and no one else in the East is particularly close. I mean, there's I agree. a couple teams in a couple teams in the fifties, but and then you go over to like St. Louis is at sixty-two as well. So St. Louis and Columbus are tied. And then you have teams like Philadelphia who have endless depth and can press you forever. Really solid system. Orlando has looked shockingly good down the stretch. Cincinnati, Supporter Shield, Atlanta picking up form going into yeah, the end of the season with very needed changes in Muyumba, Almada is still with the team, and he thought he'd be gone in the summer. I thought he'd be gone in the summer. Yakamakis is performing really well when he's on the field, and he's had a few injuries this season. Nashville, again, I, I think they're built for tournament soccer. There's going to be a lot of really good teams in the East. So, I mean, Columbus has a good shot, but so do so many other teams. It's upsetting. I mean, it, it it doesn't make predicting the East easy at all. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard to see who comes out of the East. Uh, I I can't put my finger on who it's gonna be. I just something doesn't convince me about Columbus either. And I'm fu- I'm finding faults with all of these teams, really, except for Cincinnati. Obviously, the best team in the league. Just one supporter shield, but I know Orlando. I know our faults. Uh, shoot, who's third place in the East? New England. New England. Coaching situation. Are they going to get over the line with that? Probably not. Philadelphia haven't been the same Philadelphia this year. Columbus. That's just a gut feeling. A great attack, but do they have the defense to hold up? Maybe not. Atlanta inconsistent all season. I don't see them putting it all together. We had the discussion about Nashville and then we're getting into the eights and nines. So I don't know. I, I, for me, Cincinnati are the favorites to get out of the East, which makes sense. But like anything can happen in MLS cup in the West. That's going to sound shocking. I don't see St. Louis making it to the finals that is shocking i would or pick even the, for the finals. or even uh, maybe even not even the conference finals just something doesn't convince me there that that when push comes to shove it's gonna all come together for them so i don't know thank um, goodness we put out a st louis episode filled with yes. positivity <laughs> yes anyways so i don't know I, i'm just struggling to be convinced by some teams this year hey one more note on this match before I shift us along here, multiple second half substitutions for Philadelphia turned this game on. If you look at the timeline, there was like no notable events at all in the first half. The second half begins with bringing in Gazdog, bringing in Ura, and bringing in Carranza. Well, yeah, they rotated. They brought right. in their best players. Yeah. And almost immediately, five minutes later, Philly has a goal. They definitely. 
Curtin definitely targeted that time in the game. You know how some coaches will just be like, okay, let's get to the 60th minute and then we're going to attack and try and score. Like, I feel like that's kind of what the game plan was for them. Curtin said, we're going to get to the half and then we're going to come out swinging. Yeah. And it worked. Yep. Got the point. Got the point. All right. Our last one, one draw match. Minnesota won, San Jose won. This is okay. It's weird because this doesn't really help either team, if I'm being honest. I mean, a draw from Minnesota hurts right now. They are, I mean, yeah, they're competing for a spot in eight, nine. San Jose sitting on 42 points in eight, Minnesota sitting on 38 points in 11. Both of these teams kind of needed a win to help propel themselves towards securing that slot. And But at the same time, what do, what do we know? Because a win for San Jose can put them as far up as fourth place. So <laughs> but the West is so weird. It's so weird. It's just a bunch of middle teams. Like the West is just can't... full of mid middling teams this year. And a far and away best team that you say is not going to make the finals. Something doesn't convince me. I could see them losing in a one-off game. My goodness. We're going to get tagged again on social media, Gavin. (laughs) I know, I know. know. My terrible takes. It's just a gut feeling. Remember, Lions blog one on social media. Yes. If you have issue with St. Louis takes from Gavin, specifically Gavin. This game means nothing to me. I'm sorry. Nothing. I, I've got nothing on this game. 1-1. One, one. Two teams that are... Like, this is just... I feel like every week there's a game where I just look at it and I'm like, I took nothing away from this. That's fair. I mean, it, it's a pookie goal. Pookie goal yeah. helps going into the uh, going into the final stretch. Minnesota, at this point, I think need to win two of the next three. And they're not going to do it with the defending that they had on the goal they conceded. It was terrible defending. Yeah. I, and San Jose have been terrible on the road this year, haven't they? They've not been great. Like, this needs to be a win for Minnesota, all things considered. And it just, I would agree with you. It's a bad result. And Minnesota play LAFC on Wednesday. It's that's, not looking good. Yeah, that's... That's a lot. It's a lot to ask of them. Although LAFC uh, haven't been in great form either. They haven't been. They've actually, haven't they like not scored? We'll, we'll get to LAFC in a little bit. Yes. But yeah, that's very, you know what? Maybe this is the perfect time for Minnesota hit LAFC. Who knows? Hey, by the way, this uh, Jiang Sang Bin guy. Are we comfortable calling him a flop? Yeah, I mean, I we haven't talked about this person. Yeah, a lot of excitement when he was signed. I'm pretty sure he was signed mid-season. I don't think he started the year with them. Well, maybe he did. He's got 21 games played for them. That tells me he started the season. Well, he could have come in like end of the first transfer window. Maybe, yeah. Could've so come I in think in, that's like, when he came in. I think he came in end of the first transfer window. One goal, and he hasn't looked convincing at all. 
under 22 initiative international player. Some U22s are going to miss. This, I think this was a miss. That I'm, is I'm what not the convinced. position is for. Yeah. Admittedly. I'm, uh, I'm not convinced. So there, that's all. That's all I have on the game. Okay. All right, Gavin, let's go to let's go to some actual result results. We're going to hit oh, on New York Red Bulls 0 Chicago Fire 1. I have a lot more to say about Chicago Fire than I do Red Bulls, if I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. Chicago have not won in like 6 or 7 games. And, and yet, New York Red Bulls lose this game. Yeah. And yet Chicago now have a spark of hope for the fire. Yeah. Gavin, they sit on 37 points. They're literally tied for a playoff spot. This win could not have come at a better time for them. Oh, they needed it for yeah. sure. I and For sure. Insanity here, Gavin. NYCFC on 38 points have played one more match than Chicago. It's conceivable that if Chicago can win like two out of their next three, I, I recognize that's a big ask. If they can win two of their next three, they might be in playoffs. You know, you get down to this point in the season and it really is that simple to where as a coach, I feel like that's all you have to say to the players. Hey guys, you're in. we need two wins. Do whatever it takes to get the win. And then they go out there, they play their ass off and then they get the win somehow. This is one of those games. And this- Chicago host a messiless Miami on Wednesday. It's going to be a good match. Because they need it, the win just yeah. as badly as Miami do. And in theory, it's a sold-out match at Soldier Field. Yeah. Sold it out, yep. Look. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they did it. But they got the they they got the necessary result the same way the Red Bulls got the necessary result against DC. Just like you iron it out, you work hard, and then you do it. But that's all, all right. I got. We're both that's sitting here staring at each other, shaking our heads. I don't know. I just I'm so excited for Chicago on this win. There's it's going to be phenomenal if they make the playoffs because they play all the borderline teams that they're competing with. They play Miami, they play Charlotte, they play New York City. I don't know if you saw the uh, tweet earlier, you may have, where someone was like, or not someone, who was it? It was a journalist. They were, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were basically like, Chicago are like a win or like four points away from making the playoffs. Like the regular season is meaningless. I don't think that just because teams who have been terrible during the season making the playoffs, I don't think that makes the playoffs meaningless. Or sorry, I don't think it makes the regular season meaningless. I just think it means that MLS expanded the scope of the playoffs to allow bad teams to enter it. And then you expect them to get swept aside. As many seventh place teams have been. I understand that. However, Gavin, 
let's talk about this from the American sports perspective. It's about the magic of making that dying last gasp run to the playoffs. No one, when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, nobody was ever concerned about whether or not their regular season record was good. Because everyone's like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're a really good team. They're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Yep. What was the magic for people were those wild card teams, the Cinderella story. That's what sells. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand why the expansion has happened. The RSL stories. Yeah. The Vancouver story in the playoffs or making the playoffs. The DC story when they went on their run. So, yeah. Uh, terrible from Red Bulls to not win this game, by the way. At home must win game. Yeah, terrible. I don't think they make the playoffs at this point. I think this was the this was the make or break moment. I, they still technically can, but they would have to win out at this point. And that's, I mean, they play Cincinnati in the midweek and you're asking for them to beat Cincinnati after they clutch the shield and could go for the regular season record. Maybe they come out with renewed vigor, but I mean, that's yeah. a tough obstacle after losing to Chicago. Yeah. And feeling like you're probably down and out. I think they don't make it either. Well, that's settled then. Yep. Gavin, we're going to go to, speaking of Cincinnati, we're going to go to Toronto 2, Cincinnati 3. It's the shield-clutching moment for Cincinnati. The redemption story. Pat Noonan, Chris Albright turned around a three-time wooden spoon winning franchise into a supporter shield winning franchise in two years. And I'm going to say this right now, Toronto actually looked like they cared about this game. And it was kind of upsetting as a Cincinnati person. I was like, dang it, Toronto, why can't you just not care about this game so we can win this with no stress or frustration. And they, they actually showed up to play. And that was like, what the heck? Your new coach isn't even here yet. Their new coach is, has now arrived for the record. They actually did an announcement, I think today of what the first team supporting staff looks like as well. So perhaps they were riding the new coach bump right at the right time, knowing, Hey, the new coach is showing up two days. Let's impress him. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do much. I mean, they didn't get the win. (laughs) They didn't get the win, but at one point they were two, two and, they made it hard for you guys. Yeah, they made it hard for Cincinnati. Like they looked like they wanted it. How they had opportunities. Gr- yes. How great is it that Bupenza gets the winning goal? It's very good for the Lucho Bupenza chemistry. And I think it's yes. good that Vasquez gets the brace because Yes. He's had a rough season. He's had and yet somehow he scored fifteen goals across all competitions. Well, up and down. I think yeah. I think when I say that you know, people's perceptions are usually based on their first looks, and he had a, sh- a struggling start to the season. But he then absolutely did. He had that game where he kind of broke out. He got two goals, I think, or maybe even a hat trick. And then um, from there, he's just been solid. Gained his confidence yeah, back. He's been solid. He's definitely played better as the year has gone on, and it's yeah. going to help his stock for the winter. I, I think he will move over the winter. Yeah. I don't know are going for to where. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be a lot of turnover for Cincinnati. I think they will lose a number of good players 
this winter? I think the question for you guys, again, congrats all Cincinnati fans on winning Supporter Shield. Do you guys go all out for this for the record? Or do you conserve and then go all out for the cup? I At don't Noonan, think you can do both. I I don't think you can do both. I think yeah, it's Pat one Noonan or another. Has already stated which he would prefer to do, and it his idea is to if they're if the players are not recovering well, he's not going to push them to be performing in regular season matches through the end of the year. He's more than happy to rotate because they have the depth to do so. I think they would like to get the regular season record. I think they would prioritize the cup. Because that's actually it's, a, it's another trophy. That's actually a really surprising answer to me. Because usually you get the stock. We're going to fight on all fronts. We're go- we want the record. We want to win every game. And we want to win the cup. And we're going to prepare appropriately to do so or whatever. But like that's like honest, truthful. Yeah, we might we might need to rotate if people aren't, you know, getting recovered in time. That's a that's a good down to earth answer. I like Pat Noonan's interviews. Yeah. There are some coaches that give really good interviews. Pat Noonan is one of them. Absolutely. So what would you rather? I mean, cup I, or record? I guess I would guess I would rather have the cup because it gives you a star over it. Yeah. If I could have both, I would. If you gave me the option. I mean, again, we've we've talked about that people put a lot more emphasis. And I think it's easier to sell a team to other people when you say, look, they've got this star over their crest. They won the playoffs. That resonates with more Americans. Not, yeah, they set this record, oh, but they didn't win the playoffs. Then people are going to be like, well, what good is that? They didn't win the playoffs. Feels like I'm playing a game of Would You Rather with you. (laughs) Maybe we are. Maybe we can play some more Would You Rather at the end. Sure. All right, Gavin. Well, we talked about my team. I want to talk about your team. I want to talk about Orlando 3, Montreal 0. It's a good win, obviously. I mean, Orlando looked head and shoulders above Montreal. I I recognize that's not saying a lot. Montreal sitting ninth place right now on 37 points. Orlando firmly placed themselves in second. I think you guys should probably be considered favorites to hold on to second. Which is, Gavin, at the start of the season, I think I predicted Orlando in second place in the East. You did predict us second. I predicted us fourth. And I predicted Cincinnati second. So. Wow. Looks like you were wrong on both those. Yes. Um, For the first time in a while, I would say Orlando City looked like the far and away better team than the opponent. I said the other week that Orlando always play to the quality of their opponents, even when at, you know, at times they're playing some not good teams and we always just have close matches. This match, we were the better team from the start. Montreal didn't even come to play. I I really don't know what happened there, but yeah, I, I would say, that's just what it was. We were just the better team and we actually showed it for once. So that was pleasing. Montreal had a very poor performance, never really threatened us at all. 
As for the second place, we are home against third place New England uh, next Saturday. And that will be the second place decider, I think. I think you're right. We finish off the season away to Toronto, so hopefully we can get a win there as well uh, to, you know, shore it up. But yeah, that I think that's the decider. That's a six point swing right there. In fairness to Montreal, they've done more with less this year. More? I predicted them pretty low. I think I predicted them to finish out like 13th in the East. So they've overperformed what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I guess. Granted, they could still fall considering there's three teams on 37 points and (laughs) multiple teams breathing down their neck with 34 and 33. So I guess there's still time, but. Yeah, right now they're like the prettiest pig in the pig bin or whatever. (laughs) Somewhere in there, there is an analogy. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere. But. So they haven't impressed this season for me. Huge, huge fall right. from where they were last season, which and I was I, thinking about that as I was watching the match. I was like, man, I used to like be afraid to play Montreal. And, you know, you, they lost Mihailovic. They lost um, Miller. Miller. They lost Kone. They, they lost, lost Johnston. They lost Kamara. Like they, they got. They lost their coach. They lost. They lost everybody. <laughs> yeah. Nancy. So, just a huge swing in one year. And it's not like they replaced them. any of those players with world beaters. No, they got Duke. They kept Lassiter. Um, Wanyama, Lassiter. Yeah. Surprised they kept Wanyama. Yeah, I thought they were losing him. Maybe they, they looked at the task ahead of them and said, we can't afford to lose another player. Yeah. They also lost Camacho, which was a big loss this season. Yeah. He's been around there forever. So again, I I will say I'm surprised they currently sit in a playoff spot. That's fair, all things considered. That's fair. So. All right, I'll Gavin. To look, we're going to move on. We're going to go yep. to yep. your soon-to-be opponents, New England, New England getting a win over Charlotte, 2-1. It's a needed win for New England. A yes. really desperately needed win for New England. They were, I would describe them in free fall after the coaching fiasco. This win helps stabilize them. They're locked into the playoff spot, but here's the thing. You cannot go into playoffs in horrific form. So much of playoffs relies on just being hot at the right time whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. You can't go into playoffs on a losing streak. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter who that win comes against. They needed to get one. They got it against Charlotte. They're going to go up against Orlando next, and they're going in on hopefully positive momentum. Granted, Not quite they still next. play Columbus, but... Yeah. And they, that's a tough match. They've got a... Looking at it here, they've got a really tough end of the season. Which, they could go into the playoffs flying high. Or they could go into the playoffs feeling really bad about themselves. Home to Columbus, away to Orlando, away to Nashville, home to Philadelphia. That is a tough last four games. 
really going to test them heading into the playoffs. Would it be insane if New England fell to like sixth or seventh? Is that even possible with the points? Is it that close? It is. Oh, yeah, it's possible. If, if they New England were to, didn't win a single other match, they could probably fall to six or seven. Yeah, let's say they finish on like, let's say they get like a four point. So that puts them on 56. 56 of Dow- finishing top half. Yeah, that probably puts them at the lowest fifth. So, let, yeah, okay. But they still need four points from those four games. And that's right. a that's a gauntlet of games. So it is possible where they could drop to fifth or sixth, I think. So I, don't I was think really high possible. on New England until you brought up their schedule. Holy smokes. They can do it. They got four games. I mean, like, they'll be fine, I think. They could get points in there. But, again, it's a gauntlet. They could get none. Yeah, which is why this Charlotte match, the Charlotte win was so important, like you were right. saying. Because they were in free fall. They were struggling to to win games. Gives them some signs of life. And they even struggled to win this game. Yeah, I mean, and look, Charlotte are trying their best. I think at this point, Latanzio has got to go. I'm surprised he lasted the entire season. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but... I think Latanzio's got to go this offseason for Charlotte. Yeah, they gave him a a really proper go at the head coaching role, and they were really high on him when they took him instead of, what was the other guy's name? Miguel something? Miguel Angel Ramirez? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, they got rid of Ramirez and they brought in yeah. Well, no, they promoted Latanzio because I promoted think he was the him. one. Yeah. I, look, it would have been a great story if he would have worked out. It, he's not working out. So. Nope. So it's time. Yeah, it's time. Uh, this offseason, it's time for a change because they're kind of. They're the polar opposites of St. Louis. Let's just say that. I think they probably took more of the FC Cincinnati route. Coming into the league. <laughs> yes. If I'm being honest. There's just not a lot of Pat Noonan's available out there. There's not Chris a lot Alberts. of Pat Well, I mean, there's there's more. There's more coaches that FC Cincinnati had initially. Than there are coaches they have right now. Well, hey, speaking of St. Louis. St. Louis 4. Sporting Kansas City 1. A cease and desist cup, as they like to call it. I don't know if they actually call it that. I did That's see what someone we call post it, it on... Well, someone on social media posted that St. Louis was serving some cease and desist punch, which I loved. That's excellent. Yes. I would like a glass of that. Anyways, 4-1. Phenomenal, resounding win. St. Louis are top of the league in the West, at least. Dare I say it, far and away the best team in the West? Best team in the West. Yes, I agree. By a 10-point margin as of right now. Yes, I'm just I'm going to stay consistent. I think they're the best team in the West. I'm not convinced they're going to make it out in the playoffs. Don't know why. Can't put my finger on why. I'm just not fully convinced. You're listening to your gut. I can respect it, Gavin. I can respect the consistency. Look, um, our resident hater since day one, but I can respect it. <laughs> that guy's going to be contacting us. <laughs> right. It's gonna like Remember, fly over at and Lions smack Blog me in the One. 
He's going to fly to Orlando and smack me in the face. No. What I was going to say is the goals came very, very quickly in this match. All yeah. at once. It was just like an avalanche. It's just like they scored and and the the gates flew open and it was just boom, 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 boom. Scoring all sorts of crazy goals and SKC just couldn't cope with it. And St. Louis was having a blast. So yeah. this will be a game that goes down in St. Louis City lore, I think, because of the quick nature of the goals back to back to back to back. Yeah, I watched all of these goals. I didn't see the first half of this match for the record. And yet I watched every single one of these goals. Yep. Because they came in to your point all in the same cluster of time. I Aren't mean, they all within like six minutes or something like that. Eight minutes. The first goal was in the 73rd minute and the fourth goal was in the 85th minute. And then, oh, okay. So it was a little longer. Yeah. And then can SKC got a consolation goal, like two minutes before the end of the match and stoppage time. But, I mean, at that point, it was 4-0. Like, you knew. You knew that that match was done. The goal did not matter. There was no true celebration being had by SKC. No, they just went and got the ball. Yeah. William Agata scored the goal for SKC. He did, and did not do a flip. No, no flips. I really thought he was going to come out and be... Not necessarily a star, but a but a solid player for them this season. Last year, he finished on eight goals, two assists in 12 matches. I just remember thinking, man, this guy is hot form come the end of the season. He's had his injury troubles, but only three goals in 2023 in 13 matches. While you have a chance to look it up, Gavin, how has yeah. Polito done since that extension was signed? Oh, when did he sign it? Okay. It was pretty recently. Alan Pulido extension. Okay. While you look that up, just for September reference for those listening. 14th. Okay, so three weeks ago. Okay. But yeah, just for reference, Kansas City does sit in 10th place right now. <sighs> so They're getting this- close. With, they have close. two matches left to play. Okay. I don't um, know if winning one sends them in. I think they need to get both four points. And I don't know if four, I don't know if 42 points would send them in. So they may need to win out to have a chance, which is crazy. They pl- have played four games since the announcement of his extension. And how has he performed? No goals. And he wasn't in the squad for one of the games. Interesting. Okay. No assists either. All right. He's played in three of the four, though, but I don't think the the Houston one was an injury. Congrats, St. Louis. You've clinched the top spot in the West. Really good performances. Yes. yes congrats to them as well. Very uh, insane achievement. That's an in, it's an insane achievement. There is nothing you can say to diminish that achievement. No. First season league to be the best in your conference. It's, it's really impressive. Really yeah. impressive. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, Hey, I want to talk about another impressive accomplishment here, and that is Colorado winning. Colorado one, Austin zero Colorado now moved four points clear of Toronto in the race 
to avoid getting the wooden spoon. Both teams with three matches left to play. Meanwhile, Colorado, it's again, it's a win. This is a much needed win. Colorado have been struggling. Maxo with a goal. And there was a lot of pomp and circumstance around Maxo. They thought he was going to be the guy and he was not necessarily the guy. But showed up in this match, got a goal. 1-0. Makes you wonder. I know they haven't been great since Fraser's been sacked. Well, they weren't great well, with Frazier, in fairness. This yeah, year. what if... What if um, they uh, they pulled the trigger a little early, earlier than they did? Maybe there's two more wins in there? Maybe. Maybe. And then that puts them in the playoff race, right? No. No? No, it's been that bad of a season for them? 32 points, they would still be in last place in the uh, West. Oh, okay, and they're on 22. Okay, okay. They're on 26 points right now. So. Oh, okay, okay. In fairness, that probably drops some teams down. I mean, but it's hard to say who they would have won against. So maybe they're in 13th out of maybe. I don't know. This downfall from Austin must be studied. Like, I feel like we need to do like an (laughs) in-depth... case study on just what happened with Austin this season. Yeah, it's remarkable in the worst ways. It is remarkable. Yeah, they had a couple. Um, I remember seeing they had a couple good chances in this game and they just. I can't. I think they've it had was good Bruin. chances in so many games. I think I said this like maybe halfway through the season that every time I watch an Austin game, they just they have a good chance in front of goal and they just miss it. They just yeah. They just missed their chance. That's not unique to just one game this season. I think it was Bruin this game had a really good chance that he just, he didn't hit the target when he should have. If he did hit the target, they would have scored like that good of a chance would have changed everything. So I don't know. I just offensive woes for Austin this season. Very much so. Who would have thought considering last season's performance? Overperformance. In hindsight. Well, I think that that just goes into my belief that defense is really important for having a strong attack and their defense changed a lot this off season. Yeah. You may have changed a lot throughout the season due to injuries and changes from the coach and new players coming in. And so I don't, I don't know. I, I really believe you have to have a strong defense to have a strong offense. A discussion we can have here more in the off season. It's definitely worth having because again, I I suspect you may be onto something. We'll get the greatest minds that MLS now can find on this topic. We need to do a meeting of the minds again. Another MOTM meeting of the minds. Conveniently looks like it says man of the match, (laughs) but it's not meeting of the minds. Gavin, we have only a few matches left to cover. We continue to finish strong, per your request. Vancouver 2, DC United 2. I was heartbroken in this match. Again, Vancouver enjoyer, casual Vancouver enjoyer here. Outspoken Vancouver enjoyer. Two times I thought they would win. 
two times, DC immediately pegged them back. I think you're just heartbroken because you were wrong about Benteke. I'm heartbroken because of Vancouver. Because I, I want to see Ryan Gold <laughs> succeed. He got a goal in this. I mean, it's it's Brian White and Ryan Gold keep being the guys. Like, and Vancouver just cannot seem to get a win, even when they both show up. It's unfair. That is the Vancouver dichotomy for you. <laughs> yeah, that's just it's it's not fair, Gavin. Yeah, not a great result for Vancouver. They should be winning this match. Even and they though they usually play so well with the lead. Mm-hmm. They've done it all season. I don't know what has happened to them recently where they cannot play with a lead. Yeah, even though DC, I mean, look, DC are playing to try to make the playoffs. It's that point in the season. They're leaving it all out there. That being said, Vancouver are the better of the two teams. I think it's just that simple. Yeah, not on the night they weren't. No, no. No, good, close, even match. DC grind out the 2-2. I mean, it's a huge, huge important point for DC. Still sit outside. But but they're tied. They're on 37. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal's on 37. And they only have two games left. They do only have two games left. I still think that if DC... If DC can win out, or maybe if DC can get a win and a draw, 41 will get you close. If they win out, they're in. Yeah. Losing here would have been, would have hurt. But yeah, that extra point is going to be really vital. Yeah. I mean, again, 41 might get you close. I think that they need to get minimum a win, though, Mm -hmm. somewhere in their next two matches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're outside of the playoffs currently. Right. Vancouver, on the other hand, it would take a lot for them to fall out. Well. They would have to lose out. Yeah, they would. They're on 43 points. They 10th place sporting Kansas City's on 38. So, yeah, I I suppose you're right. They, They would need to lose out. But. I think you want to avoid being an eight nine. You don't want to take the one the one off wild card because that's just one more match you have to play. Do you know how many goals Brian Wright has this year? Ooh, don't look. I'm not going to look. I'm going to guess eleven. Close fourteen. No way. Brian White is one goal off of the Golden Boot. He is tied one leadership. goal off the Golden Boot. He's tied for second. Oh my gosh, Brian White, I'm so happy for you. We actually have an insane golden boot race. Acosta, Giacomakis, Mukhtar on 15. On 14, we have Benteke, Buanga, Cucho, and White. That's insane. And then players who could... Players who could push themselves with a strong last three or four games. Gazdog, Pulido, Torres on 13, and Carranza, Espinosa on 12. Ferreira on 12 as well, but I don't see that happening. That's legitimately wild. Have we ever had this close of a golden boot race? No, we had, um, didn't last year Ferreira, didn't he get, or didn't somebody get a hat trick on the final day or something to win it? Was that two seasons ago? Maybe. That sounds familiar, but. So last year, Mukhtar got 23, Drew C 22, Gazdog 22. 
2021, Castellanos 19, Kamara 19. That's right. And Kamara, I think, either got a hat trick or got something on the final day and won. Oh, no, Castellanos won that year. Right, because then it goes by assists. Yeah. Hmm. Somebody got a hat trick. So, yeah. But definitely this is a super close race right now. Literally any of 11 guys could win this. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if Facundo Torres won Golden Boot. Because I'll tell you right now, he does not look like a Golden Boot winner. (laughs) MLS, man. MLS, those MLS things. He'd have to, like, go off, though. I don't see that happening. All right, hey, speaking of going off, let's talk about this scoreline that went off. LA Galaxy 3, Portland 3. Man, or uh, Galaxy needed this win. And they just couldn't do it. Yeah, this is. And in fairness, they still have four matches left to play, which is insane to me because they. In theory, could still finish on 47 points if they were to win out. Not that I'm saying they will, but they could. They haven't been able to put it all together. Mm -mm. They've been so close so many times. They've had so much adversity too this season. Yep. And I no think one next can blame year, them for not putting it together. I think next year there could be a sleeper for like finishing top four, top five. Because you can see the the kind of the roots kind of poking out and, and getting in the cement and really getting strong this year. Like they're starting to put it all together. They just need a few more pieces, a few more things here and there. They get the coach right. They get the players right. You could see them jumping back up the table next season. They just can't put it all together right now. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at their last four matches coming up. They've got Seattle, Minnesota, RSL, and then Dallas. It's not pushovers, but there's winnable matches in there. Winnable. I wouldn't say they're favorite in no. most of those games. I would say those are 50-50 to slightly disadvantageous yeah. matches. Yeah. And I think they're, what aren't they 14th or 13th? 13th. They are, and I know it's close. I know it's close. But they have a lot of teams they have to jump over. I don't think we see them in the playoffs. It would be hard. But yeah, again, it'd be very difficult. they're on 35 points a single win puts them to 38, which would put them tied with Kansas City and Minnesota at 10-11. It's doable, Every, but then we've yeah. been saying for everybody else it's doable, so somebody's got to miss out, right? Someone's got to miss out. Yeah. They they will, in my mind, be one of them. Portland, another 2024 sleeper, Colin Durley. Like I've said many times, solid defensively. Offensively, they look more free. I think this was a really good match. They didn't defend as well as you would have liked. But again, Portland showing that they can score goals, especially away from home. So another sleeper pick. Any thoughts on being a sleeper pick for MLS Cup 2023? I could this see is it. one. 
This is one yeah. of those clubs that just figures it out come playoff time. Yeah, this is this would be the magic of MLS Cup, where if they can get past round one, and I think round one, that best of three, is going to be the big filter for the teams that are lucky and the teams that are good. Because if you have to play a best of three, and let's say you win at home and your opponent wins at home, that top seed is going to have an outsized advantage where you now need to have a really good match away. So if the season, if the postseason started today, it would be Salt Lake versus Portland. Could Portland win in Salt Lake? Yes, they could. Arsenal been up and down recently. Yeah. And that's if the season ended today, right? Like if the season ended today, I mean, anyone could still be hosting and Portland could still move up. They have two more matches to play. They could finish conceivably anywhere from like, gosh, they could finish conceivably anywhere from like ninth to second. It's ridiculous. It really is. I, I don't know. I'm just, every time I've seen Portland since they've fired Savare say these past four or five weeks, They've impressed me. They have looked better. That's a fact. I don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on them. They look good in this match, too. They did. Anytime you score three goals, you tend to look good in a match. It's just they yep. also gave up three goals. Yes, which was unfortunate. Well, speaking of if RSL hosted Portland, let's talk about RSL. The up and down team was up in this most recent matchup. It's RSL 1 LAFC zero Chicho, the homecoming goal. He didn't celebrate for the record. I know. That was nice of him. Cause he scored Very a really good goal. Yeah. It was a really good goal. He needs to do a lot more of those though for RSL because I mean, it's, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Like this was an RSL match. And you know what I mean by that from the years that we've talked about RSL. They had seven shots. Five of them were on goal. Low possession. And then otherwise absorbed pressure. Yeah, I I agree. It was an RSL match. I think this one's just a little different. Not different, but, but they defended so well in this and match. they had to. They, they had, had to. to defend really well, but their it was clear their game plan was just to defend well, and they definitely scouted LAFC. They found what they were trying to do, and they nullified it the whole game. LAFC never looked a threat in this match, never. Not when they were chasing the game. You know when you're thinking, oh, they'll get that one big chance. They never got it. I this was just such. Such a complete performance from Arsenal. Well, not even complete, because offensively they weren't great. They could have been better offensively. It was but a they complete were... defensive performance. Thank you. Yeah, a complete defensive performance. It was which really goes impressive. Along it like when you look at it, just like bird's eye view. You're neutral. You're like watching whatever. It's like okay, LAFC are dominating this match. RSL haven't looked good. It's kind of like the easy analysis. But like, maybe not easy, but just like 
the low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit, I guess is yeah, that's what I would say. It's getting late for you, Gavin. I can fill in all your sentences. I've been talking all day. Thank you, sir. RSL's defense was extremely impressive. If you get a chance to watch this back and just watch 20 minutes, 15 minutes, RSL defended perfectly this match. And maybe it was just LAFC didn't attack well, but I'm really putting this more down to RSL's defense. They didn't give them an inch. Hey, you want to hear a dumb stat? Sure. Let's hear it. Do you know, do you know RSL's goal difference? 10. Negative two. Really? Yeah. They sit in second place in the West. Got a negative goal differential. That's a stupid stat. <laughs> For comparison, Orlando, who sits second place in the East, has a positive 12 goal differential. Woo! Ridiculous. MLS, baby. Unbelievable. Gotta love it. Never Gotta change. It. That's like, um... Last season when Arsenal and City had like plus 30 goal differences and who was third United and they had like seven goal difference or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's look, crazy at, like you that. Know, look at United this season. Oh, hey, Mujic scored. So did they win? Yeah. Chelsea oh got gosh. a win and Mujic scored. Possible. I, I didn't know, know either. either. Though. Yeah. I was convinced that Mudrick would never score. Wow. And yet. Good for him. Chelsea up to 11th. Eight points. Well done. Away win. Up the They're booze. halfway to safety by my count. I think. <laughs> look, 16 to 18 points might be enough to might secure be. safety in the Premier League this year because the bottom three are dreadful. Uh, who would be the first team to be relegated if we did relegation next season for MLS? One Ooh. team gets relegated next season. One team would gets relegated. That's really hard. Knowing nothing about the teams. Toronto has made a positive change. Colorado, I think, won't invest. They say they're going to invest. I don't think they will invest, so that would probably be my my pick. Is there anyone else that's kind of in a tailspin downwards? Because Colorado Charlotte. seems to be one of the yeah Charlotte yeah Charlotte's kind of in a tailspin, but I would trust that they're going to get rid of Latanzio. Yeah, and I Montreal maybe if they don't improve. Mm-hmm. Austin Red Bulls. I think Austin will figure it out. I think Red Bulls will be yeah. fine. That'd be kind of fun, actually, if like just just one team, not three, just one. Right. Every season. And you're fighting to not be that one. That'd be kind of fun. Well, just know, Gavin, that's probably 20 to 30 years away for MLS. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I do think it will happen eventually. And then the team that finishes very long time first in USL can or not USL. And whatever they decide to create. If I'm being honest, they're going to break MLS into multiple divisions eventually. Yeah, they'll have to. I mean, they can't do USL because they're different organizations. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just I don't I don't see a world where they fully open it. But I would I would not be surprised to see an MLS one and MLS two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't have anything else to say on any of these matches. Okay. 
Well, that that was all the matches. That was the last one. Good stuff. We finished strong, like you promised. We finished strong. Gavin, it's time to play Would You Rather. Would you rather end the episode now and go to bed or continue to talk for hours into the night? Staring longingly across this recording platform into each other's eyes. As much as I enjoy talking to you, I'm going to have to call it a night. Okay. Well, I will call you immediately on my cell phone after this call so we can continue (laughs) to talk. I don't think that's how that works. And your fiance will scream at you and say, hang up on Russell right now. I don't want to talk to him. Uh, What's he doing calling you this late? She's in the other room talking to somebody. There we go. She doesn't even miss me. See, Gavin, I would miss you if you left. The listeners would miss you as well. And the listeners will have to miss you because that is unfortunately the end of the episode. But hey, we have Wednesday matches coming up. Gavin, look forward to those Wednesday matches. It's a strong slate to end out. It's uh, 12, 12 matches on this Wednesday. Oof, going to be a late night. That's a lot of soccer. Can't even highlight them all. It's too many. I can't even count the 12. I can only count the 10. Got that many fingers. So with that, Gavin, thanks for bearing with me through this very long episode late into the night. Listeners, thank you for bearing with us on this episode. We only have a couple more to do. Three or four tops. Then it's playoffs, baby. Then it's playoffs. And I I don't even know what the playoffs is going to look like. So we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll go back to our 30-minute episodes. Yeah. Well, it depends if there's daily playoffs or not. Well, we'll see. There probably won't be. They'll probably do something weird like concurrent 7.30 p.m. kickoffs on the same day for every single team. Because why not? Because why not? Why did? Why do? Why would anyone want to watch extra soccer? Not I. I wouldn't. I, no. I want to watch every single. I want to watch one game, and then just check my phone for updates on the other ones. That's my favorite thing to do. Well, I have good news for you then, Gavin, because there's this wonderful league called Major League Soccer that can provide that to you. Every week, week in, week every out. Every week. That's right. All right, Gavin. Let's call it there. Thank you very much, as always. Till next time, listeners. Till next time. Till next time.